And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to Fibber, McGee, and Molly, starring Jim and Marion Jordan from 1940. Then Raymond Burr stars as Lee Quince, captain of cavalry on a western adventure of Fort Laramie from 1956. With me, as always, is my co-hostess with the mostess, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl Amari. How are you? I'm good. What's happening in Hollywood? Well, we have the 2016 MTV Video Music Awards around the corner, right. which, of course, is the best in music from the past year. Right. And we also uh, give away a Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award. Uh-huh. And that is known as the Lifetime Achievement Award. The name was changed and in 1991. Oh, it was? Yeah, it was. Okay. So okay. in case you were a little behind the right. time. Honestly, I had to look that up. I had never heard of that. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award. Mm-hmm. But we all know the Lifetime Achievement Award. And so who do you think will receive it this year? Is it a female? It is. Katy Perry. Ooh, no. Hmm. Uh, which I would date, by the you way. You would date Katy yeah, Perry? Date mm-hmm. How's Rihanna hitting you? Rihanna? Yeah. She's, yeah, she's uh, okay, too? Yeah, yeah. Well, she will be the recipient this year. Last year, it was Kanye West. The year before was Beyonce. And the uh-huh. year before that was Justin Timberlake. Wow, okay. So, um, And she will open the show as well. And some other performers will be Britney Spears, who we just recently spoke yeah, of. Yeah, I like her. Ariana Grande, who's too oh, young for yeah, you. Oh, yeah, she's so cute, um, though. Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Nick Jonas, who might be perfect for you as well. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Hello. Uh, don't think so. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Lisa. Really appreciate that. Uh, all right. It's time now for the conclusion to Fibber McGee and Molly. Let's go back to January 9th, 1940. For tickets to Gone with the Wind, here's Jim and Marion Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly. How did you build up the matinee business, Mr. Wilcox? <laughs> well, because every day more housewives are discovering how simple it is to protect and beautify floors and linoleum with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Shh, shh, shh. Not so loud, Mr. Wilcox. Someone might hear you. Oh, well. <laughs> well, it's not only simple, but it's labor-saving. Johnson's glow coat. Oh, Johnson's glow coat is giving these ladies more leisure to enjoy the better things of life. Oh, yes, I see. More time to read books, uh-huh. to rest and relax, uh-huh, yes. and to attend matinees at the Bijou Theater. Well, I'll be a censored cognomen. <laughs> hey, watch my seat for me, Fibber. I'll be right back. Okay, pal, hurry back. <laughs> hey, Molly, hand me the peanut brittle. Oh. Watch the newsreel. Okay, okay, sure. Ah, there, my dear, and a good, good evening to you, Fizzle Fizz. <laughs> oh, hi, Boomer. Is this seat taken? Yes, it is. All right, I'll sit down there. <laughs> hey, what are you doing with that parachute, Boomer? Quiet, Sapadillo. I just crashed. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, dear. Here comes the usher. Uh, pardon me, sir, but could I look at your ticket stub? Who, me? Yes, sir. Ticket stub? Ticket stub. Let's see. Where I put that ticket stub? Let me see. Here's a small meat axe. Very handy when you encounter a road hog. Oh, here's a message that my cousin from Australia phoned. It says, uh, Melbourne J. Boomerang. <laughs> yes, indeed. An unstrung zither. I've been playing fast and loose with a musical widow. <laughs> An emergency hair curler for ladies in straightened circumstances. Uh, here's a second-hand second-hand with watch attached. Chain must have got caught on my coat sleeve. Or some other far-fetched excuse. <clears throat> a little pipe of my own invention, made out of meerschaum, with a lead bottom. Equally good for smoking or slugging. <laughs> well, well, imagine that. No ticket stub. What's more, I seem to be a check for a beer short. <laughs> Uh, then you haven't got a ticket stop, eh? Evidently not, my lad. Strange, I must have picked up the wrong wallet tonight. Oh, ooh, what, what does that sign say over there? Run, don't walk to the nearest exit. Peerless advice, I'll take it. Good night, my dear. So long, Patty Wake. <laughs> Imagine that guy crashing in here, Molly. He's got more brass than a $9 tuba. <laughs> Say, McGee, stop squirming around well, I'm... Say, what's that I feel under my feet? Now, don't go bothering them, Molly That's my shoes Your shoes? Yeah, they were pinching me and I took them off McGee, I'm ashamed of you Oh, well, shut. what's the fellow going to do? Coming here to see Gone with the Wind well... Sitting with the E-Light and taking off your shoes <laughs> Nobody will notice it, I'm wearing my black socks <laughs> The idea <laughs> Put those shoes right back on this very instance, McGee. Do I have to? Yes, you have to. Now put them on. All right. Dad, Reddit, I can't get my feet back into them. Well, it serves you right for taking them oh. off in the first place. Oh, I can't get them on, Molly. Let me see. Oh. Huh? McGee, you're trying to put on my shoes. Oh. <laughs> Let's leave our shoes off, Molly. Here comes Gone with the Wind. Scarlett was sure, honey, wasn't she? That's I just certain. love that Ashley Will. Those technicolor shots were terrific. Oh, I sure go for that red butler, don't you? The most wonderful picture I've ever seen. Well, I never thought I'd sit through a picture that took four hours, Molly, but this one was sure worth it. <laughs> Did you like it, Molly? Oh, it was so beautiful. I never enjoyed myself so much in all my life. <laughs> oh, there now, don't take on so I, I got a surprise for you, Molly. I know the perfect finish for an evening like this. Oh, dearie, you're always so thoughtful. Oh, shucks. What is it? Now, let's get a dish of chop suey at Gooey Fooey's Barbecue. <laughs> oh, McGee, how can you think of a thing like that at a time like this? We'll do nothing of the kind. Oh, well, sure. When we get home, I'll fix us a couple of bowls of chili. <laughs> well, you're right, Molly. That would be more appropriate. Uh, 
Ah, oh, McGee, I hate to keep bringing it up, but who could have sent us them nice tickets? And why? Oh, don't quit worrying about the tickets, Molly. Here's the car. Hi, mister. Oh, hello there, little girl. Can I have a ride home, please, mister? Can I please? <laughs> sure, but... Hey, what's a kid your age doing out so late at night, sis? Curfew must have rung three hours ago. Hmm? Don't you know what it means when the bell rings at nine o'clock? What? Uh, curfew. It's done high. <laughs> I guess you don't know what curfew is, Molly. <laughs> I bet you I do, too, I bet you. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, oh McGee, stop it. Get in the car. Okay, okay, we'll all get in the front seat. Okay. Hop in, sis. Keep quiet there. Staying up for all hours. Bone rides and getting in a buddy's hair. Hmm? Where have you been till this hour, sis? Is he gone with the wind? Oh. Mm -hmm. Say, ain't that picture a little too old for you? Oh, no, it's brand new. (laughs) I meant... Oh, never mind. Well, what part of tonight's performance did you like best, sis? The part when Mr. Boomer was thrown out of the theater on his parachute. Hope you like the rest of the show, too. Not all of it. Oh, well, now, just what part didn't you like? The Mickey Mouse. Why? There wasn't any Mickey Mouse. That's the part I didn't like. <laughs> all right, Molly, here we are. Come on, little girl. Okay. Hey, now, don't forget your package. Well, thank you, mister. By the way, how did you get a ticket for tonight, anyway? Oh, I didn't need any. My papa's the manager, I bet you. Oh, your papa's... <laughs> well, why didn't you ride home with him, then? Because he took in almost a thousand dollars tonight. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he's afraid of hold-up men, I bet you. Oh, you mean he's carrying all that money home with him? No, I'm carrying it home with me. So I'm... Let's get in the house, Molly, and get the... Oh, boy, I almost forgot about returning this coat to Gildersleeve's clothesline. Now, I... look here, McGee. Oh. I've been waiting for you. Oh, uh, hi, Gildy. Uh, what's on your mind? You know very well what's on my mind, you... You wolf in sheep's clothing. Oh, no, that's my coat. <laughs> anyway, when you came into my backyard tonight, looking for that blasted cat of yours... Why, McGee wouldn't do a thing like that, Mr. Gildersleeve? Oh, no? Then why not? Because we haven't any cat. Have we, dearie? Uh, Excuse me, folks. I I think I hear our phone ring. Stay right there, McGee. Oh, dear. Don't you try to crawl away with my tails between your legs. (laughs) Say, what on earth is he talking about, McGee? I haven't the faintest idea. You have, too. I have not. You sneaked into my yard like a snake and stole my swallowtail off the line where I was airing it out. After New Year's. You did it just to keep me from going to the opening tonight. Give me my coat, McGee, right now. Hey, let go, Gildersleeve. Give me a chance to unbutton it. More tricks, eh? You give me that. There's the sleeve. You betcha. What? (laughs) Give me that. There's the other Gildersleeve. You wait a minute before I get hot under your collar. If you give me a chance, I'll take the rest of your coat off myself. There. There you are. Got it off without the button hook, too. 
And much obliged. You'll hear more of this, McGee. Good night, Mrs. McGee. (laughs) Here, pussy, pussy, pussy. (laughs) Oh, boy, what a night. Three tickets to Gone with the Wind. Gildersleeve tearing up his own swallowtail coat. (laughs) And now for a big busting bowl of chili. (laughs) Go on in, Molly. (laughs) What a night. (laughs) McGee. Huh? Now I know who sent us those tickets. <laughs> who? Some burglars. Uh, what do you mean? Look, our furniture's all gone. Oh, sure. Well, folks, our furniture wasn't really stolen. As a matter of fact, we didn't have any in the first place. <laughs> but we did see Gone oh, with the Wind, yeah. and oh, it was wonderful, wasn't it, McGee? Yes, sir, it sure was. You know what I think, Molly? What? I'll bet you if it was handled right, that picture would make a great book. Good night. Good night, all. And that's Fibber, McGee, and Molly from January 9th, 1940. Tickets to see Gone with the Wind, starring Jim and Marianne Jordan. Also in the cast, Hal Perry, the great Gildersleeve, Isabel Randolph, Bill Thompson, and Harlow Wilcox doing the announcing. There's a name you don't hear a lot of anymore, Harlow. People don't name their kids Harlow anymore. It's a shame. I really I think like it's that sad. Name. We should start a movement. You know, name you your could, child Harlow. You know what? You could modernize the name. You could go like H-A-R-L-O, you know, Harlow. No. That would be a girl. No. Well, no. Harlow, yeah, I mean, there was Jean Harlow, but that's the last name. I like you know? it. All right, so it was sponsored by Johnson's Waxes, who has heard on NBC. When we come back, Raymond Burr stars on Fort Laramie. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, don't change the... Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to hollywood 360 Radio. And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360Radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 here on uh, your favorite radio station across the country. We're on about 180 radio stations from coast to coast. And you can check out all that is Hollywood 360 at our website at Hollywood360radio.com. Okay, it's time now, Lisa, for a good Western adventure on Fort Laramie. All 41 episodes of this series starred Raymond Burr as Lee Quince, Captain of the Cavalry. And we have one for you now. This is going back to a broadcast date of March 18, 1956. This is called The Beasley Girls. Here's Raymond Burr in Part 1 of Fort Laramie. Laramie. 
Laramie, starring Raymond Burr as Captain Lee Quince. Specially transcribed tales of the dark and tragic ground of the wild frontier. The saga of fighting men who rode the rim of empire. And the dramatic story of Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. You alive, Harrison? No, Saeed. Move him back with the others. In the name of heaven, Captain, how could he be alive? Look at him. Move him back, Harrison. Lieutenant Cybertz is directing the grave detail. Now give him a hand. We're going to bury them all? It's the least we can do. I can't do it, Captain Quince. I can't. I'm all hot and cold in my belly. I just can't look at any more of this. Sir. You get a firm grip on that belly of yours, Harrison. This kind of cleanup's got to be done. Now, don't look, don't think, just do your work. Yes, sir. Yes, I'll do that. I'm on my fifth, Captain. All right, Hook. Two of my old ladies. I figured it was too old for travel anyway. See, those graves are canned. Lieutenant's seeing to that, Captain. All I gotta do is dig them. <laughs> Count 12 wagons burning. Them engines don't leave nothing to chance. No, not much. They shoot them full of arrows, full of lead, then hack them up. For good measure, they set fire to them. Better get back to work, Hook. You're a sight safer in the army than in one of them wagon trains, ain't you, Captain? Sometimes, Hook. Sometimes. Uh, Captain uh, Quinns. Yeah? Maybe you ought to speak to the lieutenant. How's that? (laughs) He's fair carried away with all his burying stuff. I declare he'll be laying the dead stock to rest next, so as he can speak words over them. That all, Hook? Well, you ought to take a look, Captain. I think it's real touching. Thinking's not any part of you, Hook, any more than feeling is. I don't want to see that spade of yours stop the next two hours. Yes, sir. Captain Quint, over here. This one's still alive. He conscious? I just come on him. I heard him. Mister? Uh... So, hundreds, hundreds of so. Must have raided from the south, Hazen. If it was so. I gave the major that report. They've been building up to something for months now. Uh, Mister, uh, how many people in your train, mister? We counted 12 wagons. Oh, yeah. 52. 52. And they took... Uh, oh... Only 50 bodies, Captain. Lieutenant Cybers and I just took count. You sure, Hazen? No. Yes, sir. 49 dead in this one. No. Beasley. It it took the Beasley... Beasley girls. It it, it took... Make that 50 dead, Hazen. Yeah. You going after him? With 20 men... No, we'll be another couple of hours here, and it'll still take us three more to get back to the fort. Them girls, that's... Well, dying's easier. You're telling me something I don't know, Hazen? Yeah, I'll go after them when I stand a chance of getting them. 
Meantime, you pick up the trail. Yes, sir. I ought to come on the suit camp before night. If I do, I'll make it back to the fort by daylight. I'm going after him at sunup, whether you're back or not. Suppose you had the company with you, then what? We'd have finished our burying a little earlier, Major. That's all? That's all. Captain, I have to make a report to Washington. I'd like to make it look as if the Army meant something out here. So far, I can tell them that a patrol of 20 men arrived in time to bury the members of an entire wagon train. Would it make your report read any better if you told them a whole company arrived in time to bury them, Major? I'm not interested in your impertinence, Captain. I'm not interested in your report, sir. All right, all right. Look, I know you don't think much of paperwork, Lee. Reports to Washington, all this. But the point is, it all has to be done, whether you like it or not. My point is, we'd have been just as late with 80 men as we were with 20. You'd still have to report 50 dead and two missing. I don't like to think about those young women. Somebody better think about them. You've seen what... You know the savagery they're bound to endure. How soon can you leave, Captain? At dawn, whether Hazen's back or not. You sent him on ahead? He's been scouting the Sioux territory for the last few months. If they've gone back south, we'll find them. I suppose you'll want the company this time. I'd want more than one company if I intended to go after him. There's only one company available, Captain. Major, I'd like to bargain with them. Bargain? After a massacre like this? Yes, sir. If we don't have the men to fight it out with them. Kind of bargain. Big Elk? Big Elk for the young women. I don't know. He wasn't easily captured, Quince. I know. I brought him in. Well, he's not doing us much good lying around the stockade. I suppose the Sioux consider him valuable enough to trade for him. He's a chief. What if Hazen isn't back by morning? If you expect to find those young women alive, you can't wait much longer. We may pick Hazen up on the trail, but... Big Elk can lead us to the camp. Yeah, but Willie. To get out of the stockade? Yeah, he'll lead us. He'll understand he's not free till he does. You better talk to him, Quince. Report back to me tonight. I'd like to leave at sunup, sir. If we're satisfied that Big Elk's our best chance, you'll pass the head of your column through the main gates half an hour before Reveille tomorrow morning. Right, sir. That's the first portion of Fort Laramie. We'll be back after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now let's get back to Fort Laramie. Better off in your bunks. Try kill me. I will. I get the chance. Something on your mind, Hook? He's just tormenting him, Captain. Big Elk asked for a drink. Hook here gave him some bills war. 
But it wouldn't have killed him. Just made him good and sick like he makes me. You're to leave him alone, Hook. Hey, let them white women alone, Captain. Not one of them engines is leaving them be. You're all hard, aren't you, Hook? Now get back to your quarters, all of you. We're going after the women before Reveille. Tattoo ain't sounded yet, Captain. What did you say, Trooper? Nothing, sir. Come on. Here you are. Here, you can drink this, Big Elk. Uh, I've man no friend. Try kill me. I could have killed you two months ago. I brought you here instead. Now go on, drink it. It's from my own canteen. Oh. Oh. Good, good water. Good water. Put out fire and belly. Your people still hold big camp on Lodgepole Creek? Big Elk no see people many moon. A brother white man only. White man no brother, Big Elk. The hunting's still good along Lodgepole. Good grass, good water. Why would they move camp? Not now. If we let you go, Big Elk, you could find your people. Uh, big elk, big coup for white man. White man no let big elk go. Well, if you couldn't find your way back, no sense talking to you. Hey, hey. Why? You don't know where your people are. Why you let big elk go? A fair trade. You lead us to the Sioux camp. We'll trade you to your tribe for the white women they have. No trade. Your people don't think much of you, do they? Big elk hold high honor in tribe. All Sioux proud warrior, hunter, leader, big elk. Then why won't they trade? White man no trade big elk for white woman. That's just where you're wrong. White men go pretty high on their women folk. Uh, Captain, you play trick? No trick. You have my word. No trick. Then big elk give word. We'll lead to Sioux camp. Captain Quince knows what he's about. You see, he does. Kind of gnaws at your innards, though, don't he? Him plain eating out of that engine's hand. You're just trying to rile me, Hook. And I ain't giving you the satisfaction. Look at him, Harrison. The engine pokes his head to the right. We move to the right. Same with the left. He'd poke his head straight up, your old Captain Quince. He'd have us climb in the air. You'd best keep your face shut, Hook. I swear you keep me no telling what I'll do. You'll do like you're told. No more. 
that cat in the tail do anything at all. You'd bust yourself doing it. You're gonna grow up licking boots all the way? I ain't snapping at your bait no more. You can talk all you like, I just ain't listening. I'm just riding along here and I don't even know no dumb trooper named Hook. Ain't just me talking, bootlicker. It don't set well with a single white man riding in this column being led around by no engine. You giving any thought to them white women, Harrison? You ever seen one once the bunch of engines got through with her? Well, we're doing a decent thing, ain't we? We're going after them. No, we ain't. We're just out riding around, Harrison. Following an engine wherever he means to take us. Like as not, he's leading us into an ambush right this minute. I ain't listening to you again, Cook. Ain't hearing a word you say. I tell you one thing, bootlegger. That's a dead engine up there. He don't know it yet. But he's just as dead as he can be. Men, we're about an hour from Bear Creek. There's still daylight enough to see us there. We'll bivouac there for the night. I know, Cybert. I think it's Hazen. Word on the Sioux camp. I'm meaning to make a camp here, are you, Captain? Oh, we're heading to Bear Creek for the night. That's more like it. With water there, grass, natural camp. You just a day out of Fort Laramie? Left the post just at sunup. Made good time. Well, Big Elk's picking the trail. Good job. You're right on the line of the Sioux camp. You leave Bear Creek at sunup, you'll make it to Lodge Full Creek by mid-morning. Fair enough. You got reinforcements coming? I'm riding in under a white flag. I plan to trade Big Elk for the white women. Oh, might work. I got in awful close. Don't even think they got scouts out. Leastwise, I didn't see any. Any sign of the women? Not likely there would be. No, Captain, the Sioux were looking awful peaceful. For your sakes, I hope they are. You sound for me, sir? Yeah, sit down, Mr. Sabitz. Thank you, sir. What's the, uh, what's the talk among the men? You know the men, Captain, just camp talk. Just camp talk? That's all, sir. Well, that's good. I had an idea maybe feeling was running a little high against Big Elk. Well, it is. You know, the men feeling the way they do about the Sioux capturing the white women, they're taking on with them a little. What do you mean? Well, Josh and him making threats, little things. Well, well, for example, he's half starving, I guess, and thirsty, of course. So? Well, they keep putting food and water just out of his reach. And you stood there and let it happen, Mr. Seibertz? Well, sir... Just camp talk, Mr. Seibertz. It's more my fault, Captain. You can't blame the men. I can blame the men, and I can blame you. I gave my word. Your way. All right. 
go. White man, they tried to kill me. Now, nobody's going to kill you. Now, listen to me. I won't let anyone harm you. Your word no mean much. White man, no honor. Quiet, quiet, all of you. Quiet. Now, listen to me. And understand me. I don't know what's behind all this, but for your sakes, I'm going to put it down to your feeling for the captured white women. All right, all right, quiet. We'll add to that for now. But I'm not forgetting what happened here. Now use your heads. Big Elk's our best chance to get those women out of the suit camp safely. Maybe our only chance. I gave him my word there'd be no tricks. The stockade's waiting for the next man who abuses him. Any questions? Harrison? Yes, sir? See that there's water and warm food for Big Elk. Right away, sir. Now, any of you get any ideas, I'll be waiting for you. That's all. Dismissed. All right, Big Elk. Captain Quench. I'm sorry, sir. I, I should have stopped all that. Any man could have stopped it, Mr. Seibertz. But being an officer and all, I should have. The Army saw fit to make you an officer, Mr. Seibertz. Being a man is entirely up to you. I... I just didn't... That's all, Mr. Seibertz. Camp of my people in valley below. Big Elk, keep word. Big Elk, if if I had a home like that, I'd never leave it. Red men first here. Then white man come with gun. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'll take the flag, Mr. Sibertz. You have your orders? Yes, sir. We'll ride in under your cover. There's to be no firing unless there's trouble. If I drop the white flag, that'll be your signal to open fire. Any questions? No, sir. Then pass the word. Big Elk and I are riding in. Good luck, Captain. You lead, Big Elk. Sir. No sign of your scouts yet. Uh, my people expect no trouble. There'll be no trouble. Big Elk turned back on white men. Not safe. No trust. I've kept my word, Big Elk. The rest is up to your chiefs. No. Big Elk knows fear. Oh, you're safe with me. No. A big out, no trust. He's crazy. You crazy fool, stop it. Stop. Stupid murdering swine. Move out. Move out. 
to save your filthy hide. It was Hook shot him, sir, before anyone could stop him. He'll rot in the stockade for this. Stand the horse! Stand the horse! Lieutenant Cybert, move the company back immediately. I know how you feel, Captain, but it's done. The man will be dealt with fully. Major, it was the coldest kind of murder. You're lucky you get out of there alive, especially you. Right now, I'm thinking about those white women. I don't think there's a chance they're alive now. The Sioux will take this out on somebody, and they're handiest. We can't think about that. We're going after those women this time with every man in our command. With at least a thousand Sioux at Lodgepole Creek? We'll do our best, Captain. Uh, if Gorse had been with me, I'd have seen this since. Sergeant Gorse was accompanying the first wagon train through. I know that. It's my own stupidity. Stupidity? Surely you're not blaming yourself. For taking hook on that patrol, you bet I am. I'm long enough in the Army to spot a troublemaker. You're not thinking straight, Lee. I count on your judgment because it's cool and straight. You're no good to me in this turn of mine. Major, my guts are crawling now. What do you want? I want an officer with head enough to command Company B to engage the Sioux. All right, sir. You got one. I'm all right. Captain Matheson moved into the post yesterday with C Company. With Meade's infantry and howitzers, we should give you the cover you need. I'm not used to this much support, Major. Might get lost in that crowd. Your job is to get those women and get out. After your initial charge, the main fighting's up to C Company and the infantry. Yes, sir. Get the women, bring them here. And you'll stand by as reinforcements for Matheson and Meade. Right. Yes? Major? Come in. Captain? Hazen? We're going to need your help, Hazen. Well, there's a chance you can surprise them. They're on the move. Which way? North and to the west. Where's your map? Uh, right here. Yeah. This was their main camp at Lodgefall. Uh-huh. Now, they moved along the valley where you were, Captain, along the stream and then up to Horse Creek there. Then branched up to Bear Creek near Iron Mountain right there. We bivouacked there. You were a little to the east, but no matter. They moved across to Chugwater along here, see? And followed along the Laramie Range there. A whole lodgepole camp on the move? All of them. But this is where I think you can get them. If it's still the Beasley girls you're after. They're our first objective. All right. The warriors, the main force of the tribe... They're well up front, moving ahead. They're not expecting any trouble from the rear. And so that's where they got their squaws and old folks and young ones. Yeah, likely the Beasley women are back there with them. It's a near cinch. Uh, where are they now, in your judgment? The natural camp spot's about there, on the Laramie River. Moving slow like they got to along that range, they should make camp there tonight. If it was me... I wouldn't wait for sunup to move in. He's right, Major. Can you have B Company ready to move out by dusk? I can. Pass the word, Captain. Report back in half an hour. Matthewson and Meade will be here. We lay out a full plan. Right, sir. (laughs) 
Mr. Sabbats? Right here, Captain. Men filed out in position? Yes, sir. As ordered. Harrison, move up. Yes, sir. Harrison, you'll flank me on the charge. We're going to bring those women out, you understand? I sure do, sir. Good. Proud to. Company! Company! That's a truck! Take cover. Leads infantry. We're covered, sir. Yeah, Mr. Cybertz. Keep at them. Harrison, over here. This way. The lodges, over here. There's a squaw, Captain. I'll get her. The white women, where are they? No white woman. Not this squaw. Now, where are they? Lodge. There. All safe. Not here. This way, Harrison. Well, sir. Harrison! Captain Quince. It's them women. Them Beasley girls. Why, they can't be over five, six years old. Either one of them. I know. Come on, Harrison. Let's get these women out of here. Fort Laramie is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald and stars Raymond Burr as Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. The script was specially written for Fort Laramie by Kathleen Height, with sound patterns by Bill James and Ray Kemper. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Featured in the cast were Jack Moyles, Harry Bartell, Sam Edwards, Lawrence Dobkin, Lou Krugman, James Nusser, and Lillian Bayef. Company Tension! Dismiss. Next week, another transcribed story of the Northwest Frontier and the troopers who fought under Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. And that's Fort Laramie from March 18, 1956, with the Beasley Girl starring Raymond Burr as Captain Lee Quince. Also in the cast, Jack Moyles, Lou Krugman, Harry Bartell, Sam Edwards, and Lawrence Dobkin, sustained over CBS. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Gunsmoke. I'm that man. 
Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com. And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Make sure you check out our website. It's Hollywood360radio.com. We have a podcast for this show there as well. Next time, it's Nightbeat starring Frank Lovejoy. And then it's part one of the Burns and Allen show from 1941. You won't want to miss it. From Mike Costello, Lisa Wolf, and I, we'll see you next time. <laughs>